I am Robert Rogers, and you have just connected to Parkinson's Recovery. This is the place to be if you're interested in finding out options that you can seriously consider that will offer you profound relief from the symptoms that you may currently experience that are associated with a diagnosis of Parkinson's disease. This show is for individuals who are family members as well as individuals who currently experience the symptoms of Parkinson's disease. Today happens to be the shortest day of the year. We're talking December 21st. All the days are going to begin to get longer very soon, and of course, we're about to merge into 2012, that magical year where mysterious and exciting things are supposed to happen. It's also a year when you're likely to be interested in making some New Year's resolutions. We cover many options on the radio show. For those of you who've been following me across the globe, you've heard many different discussions on many different topics by experts. Uh, And you've learned that there are many options that are available to you. One option I have yet to cover, but will indeed be covered today, is the option of yoga. I had the pleasure of attending a yoga for people with Parkinson's class in Seattle, Washington, a couple of weeks ago, which was a stunning experience for me. It was truly challenging in itself, but also an illuminating experience. Nine of the participants in the class actually volunteered for me to do phone interviews with them so they could report to you their own experience with doing yoga in the class and how it had made such a huge difference to them. Without saying a whole lot more about specifically what yoga is, I'd like to introduce this idea by first airing an interview with who is reportedly the father of the program that was started in Seattle. My guest today is Tim Searworth, who by all accounts is the father and the creator and the developer of a yoga class specifically designed for individuals who currently experience the symptoms of Parkinson's disease. Tim, tell us all about yourself. Oh, I will. And uh, if you don't mind, uh, my, my last name is pronounced Cyrath. Uh, Cyrath. Yeah. Uh, and uh, my uh, and I mentioned that I guess because the first thing I tell you about myself is about my family. Because if I want to tell the story of how I got into uh, teaching uh, yoga to people with Parkinson's, that would be the really the right place to start. My uh, I grew up in a family that uh, values looking out for. Um, People who uh, might be in need, and uh, that's just the that's just what our family's like, and so so really that was the basis of of me kind of caring about this issue, and uh, in, you know through the years I've done a number of different things, um, including architecture, and there's some some resonance with that work and what I do now, but I I started to fall in love with yoga and uh, the the kind of creative uh, heights or um, 
growth that I would have through other artistic architectural pursuits started to happen for me more and more with yoga. That's where I felt like I was out on an edge of finding out who I was, what I could do, and uh, and it changed my life. Uh, personally, I I'd, I'd not had a physical practice really in my life until I got into yoga, uh, um, mainly in my 30s, in my early 30s, and um, and. Uh, uh, I just really came alive inside of that, and um, I had become friends with a gentleman, a doctor, also who had Parkinson's, and uh, stayed friends with him. And and uh, he, uh, through the course of having Parkinson's, I saw how it developed in him. And uh, and as I got into yoga, uh, he around the time I was getting into yoga, he passed away, but I, uh, but I really strongly felt that what I could do could be useful to people with Parkinson's. And when I went through yoga teacher training, I, uh, I, I think I kind of drank the, the Kool-Aid of uh, this idea that we're all one, um, which is a, a notion that uh, comes up in the kind of philosophical part of yoga. And, I, and and that just reinforced my feelings about how can I bring this? Who's not included? Who's not invited into yoga if we're all one? And uh, uh, because I I think a lot of what people think about yoga is it has to be done by athletes or people who are uh, very kind of uh, who are young and fit or these kind of things and and in, in a in a in the most uh, kind of cliched sense of that. And uh, it, that's not true at all. And I, so as I got through teacher training, I, I knew that I had to bring this to people who didn't have access to it. And uh, working with people with Parkinson's kind of fell into my lap. Uh, and every, ever since then, that's been the focus of my teaching. And it's been a wonderful, wonderful uh, life. It was kind of a long spiel. There you go. <laughs> people who I have been talking with who are your members of your uh, class in Seattle talk extensively about how you focused your attention on creating movements and exercises and stretching that were specifically designed uh, for people in the class. Tell us more about how you went about doing that. Well, uh, the, at the beginning of, of me teaching the the, uh, the class to people with Parkinson's, I my, my first impulse was of course, do no harm and be as safe as possible. So safety is the first is the first concern. And and with that in mind, I didn't uh, I, I looked straight to what had been done before. And and there wasn't at the time that I anywhere that I could see any uh, literature on yoga for people with Parkinson's. But there was a book uh, by Doctor uh, by John Argue uh, called Parkinson's Disease and the Art of Movement. Uh, might be moving, but uh, I used that as a template because he used he had developed a method that he'd used for years with people with Parkinson's. I knew it was safe and and effective, and that his work was a hybrid of yoga, tai chi, and some theater exercises. So I used that directly at, at the beginning, and then slowly I started to introduce more and more adaptations of classical yoga. Uh, poses and breath practices and meditation practices even too, and uh, just kind of, just kind of slipped them in a little bit. We try one during a class uh, in a whatever most modified, safest way that I could find, 
and I look at how people responded to it and ask for feedback about how people respond to it, and we would kind of collectively see like what works, what you know, what's helping you, and 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 then we we would add or not add that to our repertoire and keep developing it if we did add it. And so we just over the years kind of accreted a a, a, a unique practice in that way. Is there any particular movement or exercise that you want to describe to people that you found was particularly helpful to the class? Um, I, I'm going to answer that in a really general uh, – maybe I'll give you two answers to that. So one is going to be a very general answer, and one is going to be specific physical answer. And so the, the general answer – when I kind of go into like how we would start a class and – when we'd start a class, the first thing that I would do is ask students what they're feeling, like what what they what they're feeling, and what they out of that kind of what they think they might need to work on. So, if they're feeling tense in a certain part of their body, if they're uh, feeling strong in a certain part of their body, all this kind of stuff, and like where where can, where can we work with that? And and I mention that because for me that's the that's the root of yoga and everything comes out of that and and what i mean by that is is listening is the root of yoga being receptive is the root of yoga so we start by being receptive with what's going on in our bodies and out of there we can make so much progress so so we look first in like you know what what does it feel like i might need and and then we can start going in we can go further so that would be the general answer the more specific answer for what has been helpful for people, I'd say, has is uh, uh, has been opening up the front line of the body, uh, opening up the muscles of the front line of the body, so the abdominal muscles, stretching abdominal muscles, stretching chest muscles, stretching the psoas muscles, which are muscles in the front of the hips, uh, stretching the quads, stretching the front line of the body to to open up the posture. There's a there's a typical rounding of the posture that happens with people with Parkinson's. It happens with with all people as we get old if we don't counteract it, but it can be accelerated with people with Parkinson's. So we want to stretch that part of the body, and we want to strengthen the back body to, to kind of hold the the front body open. That's a really gross, uh, as in broad way of, of looking at it, um, very mechanically broad way of looking at it, and there's a lot more subtlety to it, but that would be one way to to look at it. Does that make sense? It does, indeed, yes. People in the class miss you terribly. Why did you have to move to New York City on the opposite coast? Um, uh, well, first I'll say that the reason I didn't move before, and this is just true, is because I, I developed, it was the first thing that came to mind when I thought of moving, was like, I can't leave my my students in my Parkinson's classes, I, I developed such uh, uh, friendship and affinity with them and loyalty toward them um, that it was really hard to even think of leaving. But, and kind of go back to my other answer is, I, this may sound like kind of cheesy or whatever, but I, I just had this deep inner feeling that I needed to move to New York. And, I'm, and as part of my yoga practice, I'm cultivating this uh, just inner uh, kind of sensitivity to what's going on inside. Um, and I just had this feeling in my heart, you know, just like we get a feeling we got to do something, and I, and I knew I needed to move to New York. And I'm not really sure why yet, actually. There's a there are a bunch of things that seem obvious, and, and I'll just say briefly one of them is uh, I'd, we'd reach a saturation point in Seattle with 
bringing uh, yoga classes for people with Parkinson's throughout the Seattle area uh, so that everybody knew what we did. Everybody with Parkinson's basically knew what we were doing. We were the APDA, the American Parkinson's Disease Association, was strongly supporting what we were doing, disseminating information about what we did. We had articles in newspapers. People knew what we were doing, and everybody who wanted to come to, to Park, Parkinson's yoga classes in Seattle was coming. So we were at a point where I'd kind of done what I could do on, on, on a scale size uh, a, as far as scale goes there. And in New York, I just know there's more people, and there's people who aren't getting the help that they, that they might want. So that would, be a, that would be one of the main reasons. Have you been able to then begin classes for Parkinson's in New York? Oh, I think you're, you're pretty new there still, but I'm, is I'm, that ongoing now? Yeah, I'm I'm in discussion on, about starting something. It looks like just uh, just the other day we we look like we're going to be going forward with uh, starting a pilot program here. But uh, I moved kind of all of a sudden um, because some things opened up for me here in terms of uh, a place to stay and um, uh, and uh, just being able to get a foothold here, which is a huge thing in New York. Uh, so I, I kind of moved all of a sudden, and I've just been settling in, and we're about to start things off, so it looks like we're about to, to begin. Somebody listening to this is thinking, well, I'm to the point where I'm using a wheelchair or a walker quite a bit. There's no way that I'd be able to go to a yoga class. What would you want to say to them? You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> You're completely wrong. Um, uh, oh, man, I just, it, it's, it, it's my, it's like my, it's my mission to, show people that this practice is available to you no matter what. I mean, I I it just is. And we've 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 shown that with students have demonstrated that. We've had students in wheelchairs, we've had students in walkers. Uh it's completely available at least in a, in a modified form. It's completely available and has enormous benefits. So, no problem. Come on. Have you been by chance writing a, a book about all of your discoveries and creations uh, as uh, yoga would apply to Parkinson's? I, yeah, I ha it's, this wasn't one of those leading questions, but it, because I, I don't think you knew that, but I, but I have actually. Um, so yeah, I've, I've been uh, putting together some stuff along those lines. And when is the book going to be out? Um, if no, without knowing me, it's going to be a while. I'm kind of. I, Knowing me, it's going to be a little while. But there's there's some there's some good information out there. And I, I, right now, the name escapes me. But a woman uh, just recently came out with a book that that's that's excellent. Um, but if you Google uh, Parkinson's yoga, it should come up. And uh, do you happen to have any videos or DVDs about the work that you've done? We've made it, informally. We've made a, a DVD uh, when I left, so that the students could could have that um, to practice at home with. And the teachers who took over the classes could use that as a template if they wanted to. Uh, but that's not in any kind of in any kind of distribution. Although if, if you have a listener, uh, a listener who has Parkinson's or uh, is a teacher who wants to, to teach, um, they can give me a call and we can, uh, or uh, email me. I'll give them an email at the end of the, the program and, and uh, we can talk about that. We've been using the word or term yoga here in sort of a general sense. Could you give people a brief description of exactly what yoga is, people who perhaps have never really heard about what yoga is? 
Um, I'll try to be brief. I, I'll probably be long-winded on this, but it's uh, yoga. Well, yoga is used. The term yoga is used a little differently here, I think, than than maybe it is in India, and in a, more narrowly, uh, which can be useful. But often in the U.S., we use the word yoga to uh, to refer to the physical practice that's a part of a, a of a of what traditionally has been a much larger practice involving breathing practices, meditation, and, and many other different practices. But the physical practice uh, involves uh, typically uh, stretching, strengthening, and balance exercises. So, uh, and, and those are the ones that are going to be really relevant to, to on it immediately to people with Parkinson's. Those are the ones we, we focus on. So uh, exercises that have uh, these physical uh uh, strengthening, uh, stretching, and balance components. From the perspective of an individual who has extensive experience working with individuals who currently experience the symptoms of Parkinson's, what would you want to say to a person who has just been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease? If, if you can rephrase the question from from, from what perspective? Well, we just just answer? from your own perspective of a person who's been a yoga teacher and working with individuals who have currently the experience of uh, Parkinson's symptoms, what would you want to say to somebody who's just been diagnosed yesterday? This may sound strange, but it's it's uh, I'd say welcome uh, to the community of people who have Parkinson's and are living vibrant lives. I mean, it's. It's just such an amazing group of people that that I've come to know and love. They're just incredible. They're my teachers in, on a million levels. Like they teach me what it's like to greet uh, adversity with courage and grace and poise and strength and com comradeship, camaraderie. Uh, it's just such an incredible group of people, and they're living wonderful, vibrant, exemplary. Uh, admirable lives. I've had the opportunity to actually participate in the yoga class in Seattle, although of course you weren't the teacher, and had an opportunity now to talk to a number of the participating students. It's obviously a very special experience. Tell us more about what you would see to be the reasons for that. The reasons it's a special experience, the, uh, the yoga practice? Uh-huh. Why is it that people love going to that class so much? Um, I don't know. For, to me, it's uh, I might I might describe it vis-a-vis, -vis, and I don't mean this in any way to uh, uh, to put down like a support group. The support groups are amazing, and and uh, and their uh, colleagues of mine run incredible support groups that, that are able to disseminate information, uh, give people tools to help change their lives. But there's something a little bit different that we do. Uh, uh, you know, you might, um, if you go to a support group, you get, you get these, you get information about Parkinson's, you get tools to address it in different ways through medication, diet, exercise, different ways. When, when you go to a yoga class, you get to you get the experience of actually doing something that changes your life for the better. And you get to do it side by side with a bunch of people where, where you have tangible results at the end of the class. You, you feel better at the end of the class. I mean, and I can, I can really say that across the board. I mean, I don't know anybody who felt 
worse after yoga class, except in the very rare instance they might like um, overdo it or something like that, which is possible and it's a good thing to mention. Um, but but 99.9 percent .9 of the time, you, you, more than that, you leave feeling wonderful, and that that's just in and of itself a great thing uh, to to have happen. But then you know, kind of going back back in deeper, you have this experience that you have agency in your life, you have power in your life, which in the face of Parkinson's is, a, is a, just a critical thing to experience. And you have, you, have, you have friends along the way, comrades, you know, in the, in the path. And then, well, I mean, for more than that, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about like kind of these big issues, but, but, but uh, on a physical level, I mean, it's just, I, I, these are, I don't even mention it sometimes because it's so obvious to me, but, but I guess it wouldn't be if you're new to yoga. On a physical level, yoga can just do incredible things for your life. I mean, it's happened in my life, and I've seen it happen in scores of, scores of people's lives, uh, par Parkinson's uh, students and hundreds, if not thousands, of other students. But uh, it, it just has a, a very powerful uh, effect on, uh, on the physical level, those three things I mentioned before, flexibility, strength, balance all huge issues for people with Parkinson's but then there's a kind of fourth there's a fourth element and that goes to this kind of feeling good element you, your quality of life increases if you if you feel good I mean that's hey that's what it's that's kind of what it's all about and on a lot of levels I mean it allows you to be free and helpful to other people and all this all that good stuff what resources in the form of websites would you recommend people visit uh, Definitely the American Parkinson's, Parkinson's Disease Association, uh, which is uh, APDA, uh, Parkinson, all one word, dot org. And uh, then local uh, local organizations are, are amazing. Uh, I'm not as familiar with them out in New York yet, but in, in the Northwest, we have the Northwest Parkinson's Disease uh, uh, the, uh, Association, Northwest Parkinson's Foundation. They're an incredible, great organization. And uh, and then uh, here in New York, there's an organization that I'm looking to partner with uh, called Akasha Project, all one word, dot org. Uh, they'll be a good resource if we can get this up and running. Uh, those would be two two of the two of the main ones on a on a national level for Parkinson's, and then that other local one. How would people contact you interested in finding out more about yoga as it applies to Parkinson's? Uh, please email me. I'm, I'm ha this is really my passion, so I, this is my personal email. You're welcome to, to email me. It's uh, my uh, first initial T and then my last name, S-E-I-W-E-R-A-T-H at gmail.com. So it's G-M-A-I-L dot com. Tim, thank you so much for sharing with us your incredible experience, and may I also offer to you the gratitude of all of your many students who have have sung your laurels and have greatly benefited from all of the divine work that you've done. Oh, well, thank you so much, and thanks to them if you're out there listening. You guys are my teachers, too, uh, and thanks to my parents and family for all your support. And, and if I can just say also thanks to the to the organizations that have supported us, hospitals and uh, the APDA have helped uh, underwrite these classes to make them available to, to 
to everybody so that they're they're low cost and available to everybody. But lastly, thanks thanks to you for for interviewing me and just getting the word out. But and for your your work in general, helping people with Parkinson's, your website's amazing. It's just offering all these great healing modalities for people. So thank you. It's a pleasure and an honor. And may yoga and the sense of doing yoga for people with Parkinson's thrive and prosper into 2012. <laughs> you too, you too, and all your listeners too. I'm Robert Rogers, and you're connected to the Parkinson's Recovery Radio Network. We normally offer a show each and every Wednesday afternoon. Next week, we're going to have a vacation. We're going to take a break. But to start off 2012, for the first show, I have an exciting announcement for you. We're going to have an interview with Maury Crispang, who has actually produced a DVD on how to do salsa. And this is specifically for individuals who currently experience the symptoms of Parkinson's. So... Get ready for exciting news about how you can learn how to do the salsa either at home or in your support group. I, over the past couple of weeks, have actually recorded now interviews with nine of the class participants, the students of Tim Sireworth and his uh, yoga class that was started five years ago in Seattle, Washington. What I'm now going to do is to play for you each of these nine discussions. I normally only have one or two guests, but on this show, it's a special holiday show. It's also the solstice for the winter time. So we're going to run through now uh, some fascinating discussions with individuals who are telling their stories about their experience with yoga. I'm talking today with Terry, who is one of the participants in the Seattle yoga class. Terry, tell us about yourself. Well, I was diagnosed with Parkinson's in, in 2006. I am almost 55 years old. I was just before my 50th birthday. And I had been having some some um, issues with my hands. I was having trouble writing with my grip and stuff. So it was a, it was a tremendous shock to me to find out at a young age that I had been diagnosed with a condition like Parkinson's. I have taken a, a, probably a little bit different course of action than most people in the fact that I prefer to follow as much as possible a holistic approach to my wellness. What therapies have you found to be helpful? The most, the most helpful thing that I can do, and I think that anybody can do that has Parkinson's, is to take a yoga class. I'm very fortunate that I live in the Seattle area, and I have available a Parkinson's class, a yoga class, specifically for people with Parkinson's. It's done from chairs, so it's easy for people to um, be able to do the different postures. I've done a yoga practice outside this class for about eight years, and that was becoming increasingly more difficult for me to do the postures. So I was really happy to find this class. It's made a huge, huge difference in my life. It is a social outlet as well as a physical outlet for the, for the uh, to uh, respond to the Parkinson's symptoms. The stretching helps tremendously. Uh, Terry, do you go once a week, twice a week, three times a week? How often? I go three times a week. The class is actually available at different locations in the Seattle area. 
I go to a class that's available Monday, Wednesday, Friday at Northwest Hospital. There also a, there's also a class one day a week at Group Health, and there's one a class one day a week at Swedish Hospital. So, if I was if I was so inclined, I could go actually go five days a week in Seattle. Terry, tell us more about your yoga experience. Well, the yoga for people with Parkinson's class. Uh, sounds perhaps a little bit more intimidating than it really is. Yoga, the yoga class is simply a class that is a, a series of stretching exercises that are done from a chair or from a standing position holding onto the back of a the chair. They're appropriate for anybody at almost any phase of their Parkinson's pro process. Uh, there's people that attend class that uh, walk with a walker. There's people that come in in wheelchairs. It's appropriate for almost anybody, and uh, it's not anything that you need to have special clothes for or special mats for. All the equipment is provided for you. The mats that you do your exercises from and that are used to pad the back of the chair are provided. Um, you can bring a pillow if you want. You can bring a blanket if you want, anything to make you more comfortable. Um, some people are intimidated by the thought that perhaps this is a spiritual practice, it's not religious in nature. It is, uh, there's not any kind of chanting done or anything like that. There's, um, we do a breathing exercise that's called an OM, and that's all you say is just, you just inhale and, and exhale and say the word OM. So that's about the extent of that. Um, it's really, it's really a valuable practice because people are involved in, you know, on a social level as well as a physical level. It's almost like a support group without the overtones or sometimes the seriousness that goes with support groups. I'm not not devaluating, devaluing uh, support groups. They're excellent and they're a wonderful um, resource for many people. But this, this is actually something where you just go and you have fun, but you're in the company of people who understand where you're at and it's been valuable for me because before I took this class, I had never spoken to a person who had Parkinson's. I'm uh, 55 years old and many people that are in the class are older than I am and it's more common for older folks to have that, have this condition. So that's made a difference. But it just, just the way that starts your day out is just tremendously valuable. Everybody that I talk to agrees. Uh, the class goes from 9.30 to 11. You get, you get a, it gives you a reason that, <clears throat> it gives you a reason to get out of bed in the morning and get going. It's just been marvelous. I just can't say enough good things about it. It sounds like what you're saying too is if an individual has some idea that yoga is not for them for whatever reason, they might want to just think about this as stretching exercises in a fun environment. I think that probably would be very accurate. Terry, what would you want to say to an individual who has just been told that they have been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease? I think the most important thing that anybody could do is to get a book called Every Victory Counts. It's by Dr. Monique Giroux, who is a medical doctor in the Seattle area, and Sierra Ferris, who is a physician's assistant. This is a tremendous book. It's done in, um, as a... Uh, under the auspices of the Davis Finney Foundation for Parkinson's. It, I think it would have made a tremendous difference in my, in how I had responded to the diagnosis and how I thought, how I continued with my treatment and care 
if I had had this book, I think it should be required to be provided to anybody who is diagnosed with Parkinson's. Terry, thanks so much for sharing your experience with us. You're welcome. Thank you. So, Terry, if people would like to be able to contact you so they could get more information about not only your experience but what yoga might be able to do for them, how would they do that? Um, anybody that is, that is interested can contact me at my email address, which is Ballard Girl, and that's B as in boy, A L L A R D G I R L 7000 at hotmail.com. And I'd be happy to respond to anybody that sends me an email. I'm talking with Rich, and uh, my first question for you, Rich, is tell us about yourself. Well, that's pretty easy. I am a pretty simple person. I uh, was a mechanic while I was working, and I'm now retired, and I've been helping people do miniature jobs and stuff like that. Just kind of keep them moving around. But that's kind of who I am or what I am, I guess. And we uh, actually saw each other at the yoga class in Seattle, Washington on Friday. What therapies have you found to be helpful for you? Well, the yoga class is not a real difficult class to do. It is more stretching the, the joints and whatnot, muscle stretching, and that seems to help quite a bit. Uh, especially where I have a, a problem with my arm shaking and that stuff. And the vibrations from it has been held down quite a bit with uh, exercising and stuff from yoga. There. And you go, is it once a week or more often than that? Oh, I go twice a week to that and once a week. Um, I go Mondays and Fridays, I go to yoga class, and Wednesdays I go to a class where we pedal the bicycles for energy. Now, that helps somewhat, too, is keeping moving. So, I guess I would be uh, a good person to watch and make sure that I do my, my, uh, uh, we call it exercising and that kind of stuff, because all of that helps and keeps you from getting so tied up that you can't move. And that. What would you want to say to someone who has just been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease? I think the best thing to, to do there would be to get into yoga classes and don't stop. Uh, exercising and doing different things that you do, whatever, no matter how hard it seems like, it gets where it's easier if you do it all the time. And that helps because it's, it's just, you gotta move around in order to keep moving. And that's, that's what I found that works pretty good for me. I've been moving all the time and I still have a certain amount of balance and that kind of problems that uh, Parkinson's people have doesn't bother me very much because of the exercising and that that I do. The class, as I understand it, was started about five years ago in Seattle. How long have you been doing yoga at the class? Well, I was one of the first ones to start with it. So 
I've been doing it for since they started, and it's something that does not hurt. And it's kind of neat to know because the people that I go with or go visit with while we're doing the Parkinson's are more or less like a family instead of like just strangers off the street. It certainly sounds like the yoga and the biking has made a huge difference in terms of your ability to get relief from your own symptoms then. Yes, it has. Very, very much. So I'd recommend anyone that was having problems to definitely get into it and do it. Rich, thank you so much for telling us your story about your experience at the yoga class in Seattle as well as your experience with exercising. Yeah, it's it's all kind of exercising. Even the yoga class is a little bit, or quite a little bit, and it's it's fun to do. Thanks so much for being on the show. You bet. You're I'm talking today with Pete. Pete, tell us about yourself. Hi, my name is Pete Bidler. I'm 71 years old. I'm a retired English professor. Um, actually, some, some questions that people with Parkinson's I've noticed usually ask themselves uh, are questions like, "When were you diagnosed? What meds are you on? Uh, how long have you had, had you had have you had DBS, deep brain stimulation?" Let me let me answer some of those questions. I was diagnosed six years ago. I'm taking Azelect, Requip, and Carbidopa, Levodopa. I have not had uh, deep brain stimulation. I ha have you fallen yet? Uh, no, I haven't fallen yet, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to trying to get ready for the fact that I that I will. Uh, do you have the Blark two gene? Uh, and no, I don't have that. Uh, how did you get this disease? Near as I can tell, I got it got the Parkinson's from drinking rural spring water when I was a kid. Uh, it, was, it was probably uh, herbicides and pesticides in that spring water. That's probably the way I, the way I got it, the way my sister got it too. Uh, I first noticed uh, symptoms of Parkinson's uh, about six years ago, when back when we were, we were in Pennsylvania. Still, I was still working. Uh, I went to a, a, a movie theater with my wife. It was in the summertime, and I had a short sleeve shirt on, and it was air conditioned in there. My left uh, arm started quivering. We, we were holding hands, and we both noticed it. Uh, I kind of suspected the worst because uh, my sister has, has Parkinson's and has had, had had it for, at that point, two or three years long, long uh, or four or four years already. So I kind of knew uh, what, the, what some, some of the symptoms were. My general practitioner ordered a brain scan, uh, and I went into, into the tube almost hoping it was a brain tumor. Uh, that was causing these uh, these symptoms because it would be quicker than uh, dying of Parkinson's, but uh, it was not a brain tumor, and so it was was uh, it was was Parkinson's. Uh, there's no, there's, as you know, there's no uh, definite diagnosis for Parkinson's. Uh, no chemical tests, no 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 way to tell for sure that you have it. They just observe your uh, symptoms, and my symptoms were a tremor, certain slowness, uh, some issues with balance, stiffness. Uh, my left arm didn't swing as much as my right arm did. Um, and, I, and I noticed one day that I, I couldn't smell my own farts. Uh, and I was thinking, well, that's good, good news for Ann because she, that she can't smell me either. But, of course, I found out later that 
if you have Parkinson's, you uh, you you don't you you, lose, you gradually lose your sense of smell. So my 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 farts were still stinking as much as they they ever did. I just couldn't smell them myself. As for the diagnosis, I was angry. You might say almost almost suicidal. I thought my life was over. Uh, I actually I actually started thinking about ways to uh, to hasten the the end so I wouldn't uh, wouldn't have such uh, such a long agonizing death that that, that uh, seemed to be involved in Parkinson's. Uh, I asked various neurologists and doctors how uh, advice about how to get along with with PD, and I started thinking more positively. Um, and I got some 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 funny answers. Or strange answers. One doctor said, "Well, you know, the best advice I have for you is don't get fat." Uh, another said, "Urged me to stay away from people with Parkinson's because you'll only, you'll only be, be discouraged when you see people further along than you are." Uh, another doctor said, "Well, um, just let's just try some new meds." It was always, always you know, like a chemical approach. Um, almost nobody mentioned the uh, emotional side of having uh, Parkinson's. What's it like having knowing you have an incurable progressive disease of the brain that will immobilize you, make you dependent on dependent on others, and might well make you demented? Uh, almost nobody mentioned uh, what now seem like the obvious things: uh, exercise, support groups, yoga, dance, voice training. Uh, those are all things I've discovered on my, on my own. Help from my wife. Uh, nobody, nobody, nobody gave me any, any advice about how to spend my time. I was recently retired. Uh, I couldn't, I was, wasn't teaching anymore. What, what do I do? Just sit in an armchair and think about uh, Parkinson's. Uh, and I've discovered that it's best to just to keep, keep keep on working. So I have an active life as a uh, as a uh, researcher. I just I still I've, I've written since since I. Stopped, stopped teaching and got got, uh, got my diagnosis. I've written you know, half a dozen books. Uh, I keep keep active. I go to, go to I exercise two or three times a week at the local gym. I go to yoga. I have I, there's, I joined a group for dance for Parkinson's. Uh, and uh, anyway, I just I just try to uh, to keep keep going as long as I can. Uh, exercise and. Uh, most useful to me, I think. Um, I actually joined that that eight-week eight um, bicycling for, for Parkinson's group, um, where they do forced exercises on a tandem bike for uh, eight weeks. And I really like that. Uh, I uh, play pool to go to eye-hand coordination. I try to stay engaged with various things. I, I'm, a, I'm a great great believer in support groups. So I join several support groups. I find out information. Uh, the uh, other people who have Parkinson's and realize that I'm not alone. I actually volunteer for, for research projects for do doctors and uh, researchers who are, who are check, checking up on this disease. Uh, I've actually even agreed to do a, to do a, a, a spinal tap for a local doctor at the, at the university who's checking for trying to figure out why some people with PD get dementia and some don't. It involves a blood test every every year, a spinal tap every three years, and a memory test every year. Uh, I volunteered for 
some various various uh, other things. Or somebody was checking on, on the Jew, the jewel of Parkinson's people. Uh, somebody was doing uh, speech research. Others were doing uh, fine motor coordination, and I volunteered for all those. Um, it makes me feel like I'm doing some good. Um, if my kids get diagnosed with, with Parkinson's, which is a pretty good possibility, I think, because there's a there's a genetic genetic component to this. Um, I like to think that maybe these research projects I'm engaged in uh, may help somebody or somebody else. It's not my own kids. I try not to feel sorry for myself. I try not to feel envy for others who don't have Parkinson's. I try not to uh, blame others for the fact that they're healthy and I'm not. I try to live for this moment today, not dwell on the past when I didn't have it, have PD or, or dwell on the future. When I uh, uh, when, when things are going to get worse, I try to keep a sense of humor. I tell jokes. Uh, I go to yoga class. I want to say a little bit more about yoga. Uh, when we first moved here five years ago, my wife was doing some research on the internet about Parkinson's uh, in this area, and she found out that the, there's a, a yoga for Parkinson's class at Northwest Hospital. Um, I knew nothing about yoga, but on her urging, I decided to give it a try. Uh, I knew yoga had something to do with India, and I was I somehow imagined it was, when I went in there the first time that I was going to find, sitting in the middle of the room, uh, a turbaned uh, Indian man looking a little bit like Mahatma Gandhi, uh, playing a flute and trying to make a cobra rise up out of a basket. <laughs> And I, I really, I really, I was in my, I was that ignorant. So I went in there, was kind of scared. Uh, uh, it's always, it was always difficult to do, to do, uh, do something new for, for, for the first time. But it's, um, it, there was no, there was no um, snake charmer, uh, no Mahatma Gandhi, just a, just a nice man named Tim who, uh, who led us. And we, in yoga, we do things that are that are good for the body. Uh, we stretch, we reach. We massage ourselves and each other sometimes. We extend uh, our arms and uh, we twist, we arch, we flex, we bend. Those are all the kind of verbs that that uh, come into play here. We roll our shoulders, we flex our wrists, we stretch our hamstrings. We reach uh, high as we can, we bend as low as we can. We bend forward, we bend back. Uh, it's, uh, it's all... Mostly, what you what you feel like when you're in yoga is, is the physical stuff. Uh, we sit on chairs most of the time, or stand behind the chair, uh, holding on so that we balance is, is an issue. Some people sometimes sometimes people still fall down even though they're trying to hold on or they they're moving around, um, and we we help each other get up uh, when when that happens. Um, I basically thought I would probably be dead by this time, uh, or, or immobilized, immobilized. But by staying active and by going to yoga, uh, I find that my body is more stronger and more flexible than it used to be. Uh, people, most people, when they see me now, don't even know that don't know don't know that I have Parkinson's. I, I, uh, I take pretty good care of myself. I, I do various. Uh, they take my medicines as, as, as regularly as I can, uh, 
but mostly, mostly I try to stay, stay active and, and stay, uh, stay uh, involved in, in life and, and get, try to get as much exercise as I can. Uh, I am doing better than uh, an awful lot of people. I know, I know, I know people who have had been diagnosed only a year or two uh, who are not doing as well as I am. Uh, and I don't know. I, I don't need to think. I need to can take credit for that. I think mostly I, I just have a a more benign kind of uh, Parkinson's. It's a kind of a designer design, uh, dis disease. We, uh, it, it affects each person differently. And I seem to have a, uh, uh, one of the nicer kinds. Uh, I, do, I do what I, what I can to uh, keep, keep it nice for, for myself. Uh, can, I, can I say that yoga is, uh, is responsible for helping me to... Uh, Keep active and uh, and uh, flexible as well as, as well as I as, as I as I do. And I think I can say yes. Um, yoga is not a cure. Yoga is not going to be the uh, the end all uh, of of uh, Parkinson's uh, treatment. But I uh, I do urge people to uh, give it a, give it a try. Um, one of the one one specific thing I've noticed about Parkinson's. Is that when I, before I started, I was having a hell of a time bending over and uh, pulling my socks on and tying my shoes. My body just didn't, didn't want to go there, and I was having. I, was, I figured, well, that would be the first thing I'll have to do. Maybe dependent on, on on others, I'll have to get Ann to help me pull my socks on or and uh, tie my shoes. But with, with the increased flexibility with Parkinson's, uh, oh, I noticed that almost right away. I was I was tying my shoes more easily and pulling my socks on. Myself. Uh, one of the nicest aspects aspects of the uh, yoga uh, for me has been the, the support group feature. Uh, I really like the people in, in my yoga class. Uh, we, we have fun together. We we tell jokes. We sing happy birthday to each other. Uh, we we some of some of us try to get there early. We play we play cards a little a little bit before the before the, the others come. We toss the ball around. We uh, we just we just have, have fun. We get together socially occasionally. So anyway, I plan to. Do I have any advice for people with Parkinson's? Uh, I don't know. It's just sort of implicit in what what, what I've been saying. Uh, keep active. Get as much exercise as you can. Uh, try to fight this with the with the positive attitude. It's sometimes hard to have a positive attitude because uh, it is a debilitating. A disease for, and there's no cure in sight. Um, there's a, there seems to be little things you can do to to help uh, postpone it, or the, postpone the worst part. But something um, I would do as many of those things as you can. Uh, try not to get depressed if you if you can if you can avoid that. It's difficult because uh, Parkinson's is a deficiency in, in dopamine, and dopamine is one of the chemicals we need in our brains to uh, keep ourselves uh, cheerful. Anything you can do to avoid um, depression, I would, I would say go ahead and do it. And for me, that's always been uh, keep, keeping active, uh, trying to accomplish things. Um, but but uh, that's, and I would, I would urge any, anybody with Parkinson's to give, to give yoga a, a try. Um, you want to be, you need, you need to be safe. So I would, especially if you can find a group that's yoga for, specifically for Parkinson's, uh, I would suggest you. Uh, 
you uh, give it a give it a try, and not just once, but go. I would say give it give it a, say two or three chances. Um, first time I went in, there was another another new man, um, and he never came back again. I think he was he was just sort of put off by it. He didn't he felt uncomfortable, awkward at uh, doing these things. But I, I I kept coming, and uh, it was one of the best decisions I ever made. I'm going to continue um, to go to yoga at least twice a week. Now on on uh, as, long, as, long, as long as I can, uh, because it's important to me to keep my putting my own socks and tying on and tying tying my own shoes. So so that's that's the good advice I would have, I would I would give. Keep keep going and uh, keep tying your own shoes. Hey, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. You're welcome. Pete mentioned the value of forced exercise in the program offered by Northwest Hospital in Seattle. Obviously, anyone in the Seattle area could take advantage of that most excellent program. If you live outside of Seattle, I have another recommendation for you. I aired a program with guests Nan Little and John Carlin on June the 8th, 2011. Nan and John both talk about a program through the YMCA called Pedaling for Parkinson's. You'd be able to activate a Pedaling for Parkinson's program through your own local YMCA. You'll get the full details of exactly how to do that by listening to that very specific show. For those of you that don't know, all of the programs are archived through the Parkinson's Recovery Radio Network. Once you get to the radio show page, simply keep scrolling back, and you'll see there are several years of weekly programs. So scroll back to Nan Little and John Carlin's program that aired June the 8th, 2011. If you happen to be interested in learning more about forced exercise, as a therapy that you'd like to pursue to be able to get relief from the symptoms of Parkinson's. I'm talking with Pat today. Pat, tell us about yourself. Well, I grew up on a wheat ranch in eastern Washington, and I taught school second grade for about 20 years. I have I'm married to the same man for 41 years, and I have two adult children, a son, David, and a daughter, Cheryl. And I was diagnosed with Parkinson's in 2004, the end of 2004. And uh, I enjoy playing Marjan. I am very active in my church in St. Vincent de Paul. I enjoy helping people. We, my husband and I used to enjoy hiking a lot and outdoor things. Now we have a tandem bicycle, so we can still go bike riding. And um, we have a tandem kayak, so we still enjoy bike riding and kayaking, and uh, I enjoy cooking in my family, and is there anything else? (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like a full story. What therapies have you found to be helpful? Uh, Yoga has really helped me, and that was the first thing I tried was, when I first got diagnosed, I was, um, the medicine made me very nauseated, and I didn't do, I wasn't very active, and then... um, I got a, something in the mail, and it said that Northwest Hospital had a yoga group. Well, I was hesitant to go, but I did go, and Tim, our teacher, was just absolutely great. It, it, first of all, it gave you exercises, or poses, they call them, 
but you could do at home during the week. And so I've always gone just once a week, but tried to do the different exercises or stretches every day at home on my own. And then my husband got me a membership to a health club for Christmas one year. I I just was kind of disgusted at him, but it turned out to be very good. So I go to the health club. And um, and yoga has not only helped me with exercising, but what I've found out now is it's a great group of people. It's a great group of friends to be with. They're a great support group. So not only it's good exercise for my body, but it helps me emotionally because I have a real good circle of friends there that I can depend upon and call on certain days for help or just to talk to. So yoga has been very good. I also took a part in the Peddling for Parkinson's program that Northwest Hospital offered last year, and um, and that was very good, too. Uh, I didn't get the great results that some people did. My Parkinson's didn't go away, but it, the physical activity was very good. We pedaled a uh, tandem bicycle for the first, oh, I don't know, first six weeks, and you had to pedal for an hour. You did 10 minutes of warm-up and then 40 minutes at uh, 90 RPMs and then 10 minutes of cool-down. And we did this for six weeks, and then we continued doing it on our own. And uh, I still pedal quite a little, two or three times a week. And, um, I mean, it's helped me to get a good physical shape. And, again, I met a lot of wonderful people. I still say yoga is my favorite, though, but uh, the pedaling program is very good. And right now I'm participating in a program at the University of Washington where I work with three um, doctorate students that are going to be physical therapists, and they've set up an exercise program for me. And uh, I'm doing those. I haven't been doing them as faithfully as I should be, but I'm I'm going to do them, and then they'll reevaluate how I'm doing at the end of January. So that's mainly what I've been doing. Mm-hmm. What would you want to say to someone who has just been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease? Well, if you have to have a chronic illness, it's not a bad one to have because um, with exercise and friends and and stuff, you, you're going to have a quite a few, you're going to have five or six more good years. It's not like cancer or something like that, I guess. There's hope out there that um, you can manage it. You may not get to lead the type of life that you planned on as active and stuff, but it's you can still lead a pretty good life. Pat, thanks so much for sharing your experience with us. All right. Thank you very much. I'm talking today with Nola. Nola, tell us about yourself. Well, I'm a retired college instructor. I taught preschool and uh, taught parent education, and I was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease uh, in November of 1999. I think I'm going into my 13th year here, and I've... um, I'm a very active person. I've tried to keep a real positive attitude about Parkinson's disease. I did have a deep brain stimulation surgery done uh, one and two years ago, and I've had very, very good results. So, um, I'm a grandmother. I have two daughters, and each of them has a daughter and a son. And 
I enjoy very much being with my grandkids. So I want to stay very well and active and be part of their lives. What therapies have you found to be helpful? Well, I mentioned one, the deep brain stimulation, uh, balanced out with real careful control of medication. And on top of that, uh, staying active. We, uh, I do participate in a yoga class, which is very uh, helpful, very helps me be very centered, and uh, I think it helps my balance. I do that at least once a week. I, I also have a tendency to get dystonia, which is a tightening, a contraction of of muscle groups, and it's actually gotten lots better since being in yoga. And one of the exciting benefits for me is that I've stretched so far that I've learned how to do the splits, which I couldn't Whoa. do when I was young. <laughs> It's really been fun. <laughs> you know, I'll be gymnastics. Well, that's right. You'll be in the Yes. <laughs> yes. So um, I think that covers it. What would you want to say to someone who has just been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease? I think that we're seeing tremendous advancements, and there's lots of reasons to be hopeful. Uh, at this point in time, we don't have a cure in our site, but we do know that there's more and more effective treatments, and a person can be anticipating a more um, positive, high-quality life with the ability to control symptoms. So, so I'm optimistic. I think there's, I would convey that to anyone else who's newly diagnosed. Nola, I understand there's going to be a walkathon on July 28th. Tell us all about that. Well, a wonderful lady who uh, is, has a nickname of Pinky uh, is very passionate about finding a cure for Parkinson's disease, and she has organized a walkathon uh, in at a local high school, and that is going to take place July 28th, uh, 2012, and it's, a, it's in the last, this is coming year will be the third. Uh, fundraising walk, it's, uh, and it's grown each year. And we just, it's, it's. Um, let's see, what is she called? Oh, it's a, it's a Back to the Future, or a walk to. The, it's called a Walk to the Future, and she's uh, modeling it after uh, Michael J. Fox's uh, Back to the Future uh, movie. So it's, it's kind of based on that. It's kind of fun, and it's. Um, it's, it's it's a lively affair. We we encourage entire families to come and participate, and we'd love to see uh, more people with Parkinson's disease be involved in this walk. And uh, she gives a lot of her money to the Michael J. Fox Foundation uh, for research, um, because we want to see a cure as soon as possible. If people were to put in their search windows. Pinky's passion. Would they get further information about this event then? You're absolutely correct, yes. Mm -hmm. So that would be P-I-N-K-Y apostrophe S, Pinky's, and then passion, P-A-S-S-I-O-N. I think the the, the position is P-I-N-K-Y apostrophe S, I believe. And the, yes, it is. And then passion, Pinky's passion will bring them to the Pinky's Passion for Parkinson's Cure.
web pages. And she's got several of my set, set up. So. Wonderful. Nola, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. You're welcome. I'm Robert Rogers. This is Parkinson's Recovery. I have interviewed a large number of individuals who have reversed the symptoms of Parkinson's and or are symptom-free today. That's all documented in the newly released book, Pioneers of Recovery. You can get information and hear clips of the pioneers on that website. The name of the website is the same name as the book. So it's www.pioneersofrecovery.com. It's my pleasure to be talking with Mark today. Mark, tell us about yourself. Well, um, I'm uh, retired this year uh, on a medical disability. And um, I was, uh, I've been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease almost exactly two years ago today. In fact, I received that diagnosis, and uh, since then I've been looking for different therapies to uh, control the disease, and uh, I found that uh, there are several avenues that have been uh, particularly helpful to me. What therapies have you found to be helpful? Well, there are pharmaceuticals that are very important to maintaining a healthy or an active life right now. Uh, but other alternatives that I've been looking at, have been working with, is um, chiropractic, uh, acupuncture, and uh, most recently I've uh, been doing uh, yoga. And I've found uh, that to have the most immediate needs that I can, that I've been able to determine anyway, um, that has allowed me to, again, to maintain as healthy a lifestyle as I can. And for yoga, you go once a week, twice a week? How often? Twice a week. Twice a week. Twice a week. What would you want to say to someone who's just been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease? Well, for, at least from my experience, one of the things that um, takes place is that it, it, I had no idea what this disease was about, what it was going to entail, how it was going to change my life. Um, and so I came at least my job, at least a, a part-time job, of finding out what the disease was, what I could do to mitigate its, uh, um, mitigate the problems that it causes, and be able to move forward and uh, uh, just be able to live a, a, a fairly normal lifestyle up to this point. I also adopted a, a theme this past year, which is uh, breathe in, breathe out, move on. I found those kinds of uh, mantras to be uh, to be helpful, and uh, so it, it's been uh, a, a, an incredible year, an incredible two years, just learning uh, about this disease and how I might be able to uh, live uh, a pretty much a normal lifestyle uh, with it right now. Mark, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. Well, thank you, Robert, and good luck to you. I'm talking today with uh, Judy. Tell us about yourself, Judy. Well, um, I was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease in 06, and I was about 57 years old at that point, and uh, am, am still working and was working at the time in sales and also was working uh, in sales and real estate and also 
construction kinds of projects. So it was kind of a surprise discovering that I had Parkinson's disease, except that I had family members that had it as well. So I was kind of aware of what the symptoms were. My uh, stepmother had it and had had it for some years by the time I was diagnosed. And my uh, symptoms were tremor in the foot, and it had several falls by the time uh, I went to see somebody to find out what was what the heck was going on. So my father also was diagnosed with Parkinson's later in life. But uh, it was interesting because the difference between the two parents was one um, did not exercise and one did exercise. And that kind of led me to looking for my own kind of workout plan, which ended up uh, involving yoga for Parkinson's. And what we've found is the more exercise and working out that you do, the more you keep moving, the, uh, the more benefits you get from that. My stepmother had kind of uh, gotten to a point where she sat a lot and didn't move around a lot, where my father had, if he couldn't sleep or if he was uh, had a little extra time, he'd be working out, and he would do the stairs while she would do the elevator. And just observing that really made it very um, obvious to me that if you kept moving, you would keep moving. So I was thankful that that, uh, that example had been in front of me. I would have to say I've been so fortunate involving with this yoga class that um, is being offered at Northwest Hospital. And quite a nice group of people there and people that are really consistently attending and getting good benefits. I've observed people start in the class and they may be a little slow in their step, a little tremor, maybe not standing up so straight. And after a few months, they're standing up a lot straighter. They're walking a little bit more confidently, and their balance is a little bit better. And it's I see that in myself as well. And I notice, especially when I've gone on vacation, that and I come back, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm not feeling quite as well as I was when I was doing <laughs> twice a week. You know, you don't realize how important it is until it's not there. Among, but anyway. Among the therapies, uh, is this really one that ranks at the top of the list as far as your ability to really feel feel great? Well, I did, did do uh, quite a bit of recumbent bicycling, and that helps too, but I would have to say that this yoga gives you... Um, you, muscles with Parkinson's can get very rigid. This gives you the flexibility. Uh, it works on balance, which is really critical. And is, in my case, I have had a number of falls, and falls are so incredibly dangerous because you can do permanent damage. And and yoga is really helpful with with balance. 
So I'd say it's probably um, just a really strongly well-rounded kind of um, practice. And in our case, it's also very social, which is helpful as well. It sounds like observing your father and your mother-in-law. Uh, I'm guessing that your father must have uh, been able to do much better uh, than was the case with your mother-in-law, and you would probably attribute that to the fact he was such an active exerciser. Is that right? Absolutely. I mean, she had been active earlier in her life, but I think that um, everybody became so concerned about her being frail and falling and so forth. So they, in the days, she has ha had had it for 25 years. So the attitude was much different than when I was diagnosed. So people were, you know, sit in a corner and don't hurt yourself, don't do more damage, I guess, is, is more the philosophy rather than get out there and start working. And my dad, on the other hand, was, you know, working out with with weights and, you know, doing stairs. He felt that that was a good, good thing. Hold on to the railing, yes, but up and down the stairs, that that was a, an exercise for him. And it was, I would say it was pretty apparent that what was successful and his exercise was very successful. Sounds like it had a profound influence on you and your decisions. Oh, absolutely. And I think, too, though, um, my stepbrother, who was kind of in charge of my stepmother's care towards the before she um, died last year at 94, he was he really felt that that was a mistake that they should have allowed her to uh, participate in exercise programs and do more stretching and so forth, and that they had kind of taken the wrong approach. So, yes, I'd say that was, it was a good lesson for me. What would you want to say to someone who has just been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease? Well, that everybody's path is a little bit different, and this disease affects people in different ways. But in most cases, it's a slow-progressing disease, so don't cut yourself off. In fact, I, I think that you need good support around you. Find yourself an exercise program, probably more important than it is even to find a support group and spouses and caregivers are so important and it's so important to take care of them and say thank you. Judy, thanks so much for sharing your story with us today. Well, thank you for asking. You're listening to Parkinson's Recovery Radio. I'm Robert Rogers. I'm talking today with Jan. Jan, tell us about yourself. Uh, well, I am 70 years old. I've been retired for eight years, and I've had um, Parkinson's disease for at least five years. <clears throat> I have many of the, the classic symptoms of PD, including muscle cramping and dyskinesia, bad insomnia, poor handwriting, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
But the symptom that bothers me the, the, the most is this awful mind and body numbing fatigue. I get so tired I can hardly see straight. I mean, I go into what I kind of refer to as my zombie mode, sort of like plowing through a curtain of, of fog or mud. It, it's, it, it's very debilitating. What therapies have you found to be helpful? Well, first and foremost, um, a, a, new person, a person who's newly diagnosed should work closely with his or her, her physicians and medical community to determine the correct medication routine because it, there's, <clears throat> sometimes there's some tweaking of medication that has to occur. Number two is exercise, exercise, exercise. There's, there seems to be a lot of buzz in the PD world that exercise plays a significant role in the management of PD. To that end, I've been participating in a, <clears throat> in a yoga class for people with PD for about three years, and it's, I have to tell you, it's wonderful. Yoga stretches, address the symptoms of stiffness and slowness of movement, both of which are key symptoms of Parkinson's. Yoga also helps immensely with flexibility. Balance. Balance is really an issue for people with <clears throat> Parkinson's because they are prone to falling. But, but uh, yoga also helps with strength. And basically, yoga is very important in maintaining overall fitness, at least I think so. Yoga teaches you how to become more aware of your body, <clears throat> to focus on your body, that body awareness. In addition, the folks in my yoga class have bonded and have evolved into an informal support group, which is wonderful. <clears throat> my, <clears throat> my yoga class is my baseline activity. I also participate in a BD dancing class, which I love. It focuses on coordination and movement. And I try to get out for a walk as often as I can. <clears throat> What would you want to say to someone who has just been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease? Well, that's, that's a, a tough one for me. Uh, first, I think I would let them or I would encourage them to ask questions rather than overwhelming them with too much information. That can be pretty, pretty difficult. Um, also, I, I, I would go to the... Uh, extent of letting them know that there are tons of resources out there and how fortunate we are to live in an area where there is so much going on in support of PD. And then, last but not least, I would, you know, stress having a good sense of humor, even black humor. It kind of takes the edge off something that can be very intimidating. And that's about it. Jan, thank you so much for sharing your experience with us. I'm talking with Kathy. Kathy, tell us about yourself. Hi, I'm uh, 55 years old. I was diagnosed with Parkinson's 10 years ago at the age of 45, almost 46. The week I turned 46. So I've been fighting this um, disease for 10 years now. I, I'm a mother of two children. I'm still raising. One is 21. Well, she'll be 21 this week. And the other one is 15. Uh, the 21-year-old is a is a junior at University of Arizona in Tucson, and the sophomore, I mean, the 15-year-old is a sophomore in high school. And I still live in Seattle, Washington. Um, let's see, what else? 
I, I'm, I'm registered speech and language pathologist. I still have a contract with the public schools. However, I'm on medical leave at this time and probably will not be returning, so I'll probably retire from that position this year. Um, I, it took me several years, but I finally got um, long-term insurance through my private insurance agency. I was made eligible for SRCI insurance this year, and that um, comes off the top of the insurance. So I'm basically on a fixed income for the rest of my life. I had DBS in 2008, the end of uh, April and May. I have a revision. I had a revision in let's see, August of 19, 2009. That would have been 2009, and I have a revision scheduled in the next uh, month for new batteries to be placed in my chest. So I've had DBS. Uh, what else? Oh, I had a hip replacement too, as well. <laughs> Got back to work and then finally went out on leave last year. So worked full time until December 2010. Um, what else would you like to know? What therapies have you right. found to be helpful? That's a very good question. Um, well, being a speech pathologist, I think uh, speech and language therapy, particularly <laughs> um, the Lee Silverman approach, but I know that's boring as heck, so anytime you can do any kind of Chorus or choral singing with a group is really effective. Any kind of music therapy, even karaoke for some of us who are crazy enough to do it, I think is very effective for speech and language, particularly articulation and uh, breath support. Um, physical therapy is important for gait. I'm, a pure, I'm, an advocacy, I'm an advocate for all the therapies that are available because I think our resources are important. Um, I've been a yoga yogi since oh, a year and a half now. I've started taking yoga. We have a class in Seattle where uh, most of us, not all of us, have, have Parkinson's. Most of us are mobile, not all of us. And we uh, are challenged three times a week by our, our head instructor, Lisa. She also uh, was doing a bike study at the same hospital three days a week where we were pedaling as stokers on a two uh, on a tandem from near the second seat and the part the patients with Parkinson's were pedaling in the back seat. People who were volunteers were pedaling on the front seat who did not have Parkinson's and we did that three days a week. We found that very efficient very effective. So I'm looking for a captain for a stoker because I have a tandem now. Um, let's see, dance is very good in any kind of way. Um, there's also a, a class or a group of people that get together and it's called Rock Study uh, for Parkinson's. I believe it's like a punching bag program. I'm going to try to start classes um, with a gym in Seattle. And as soon as I let you, as, I, as soon as I get going, I'll let you know more about that, Robert. But I, they say that people with Parkinson's do very well with rhythmic upper body and lower, lower body kinds of exercise. So in a rhythmic pattern, it's supposed to be really good for you. Sounds wonderful. Yeah. Those are the ways that I've found helpful, I think, things that I've done in addition to DBS and um, therapies. What would you want to say to someone who has just been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease last week? <laughs> well, I would say, first of all, don't be overwhelmed by the amount of evidence, by the amount of information that's available on the Internet. Um, be very careful about 
um, how you get that information. Be very selective before you make a decision about where to go, especially your medications. And I say that because I am a former uh, dropout of a particular drug called Meripex. I guess I can't say that. Or dopamine agonist. Dopamine agonists are very effective and they begin people who just been diagnosed on them because they want to keep you off dopamine or assume that as long as possible. But the problem with dopamine agonists is that they can cause personality changes in an individual which you don't see until afterwards. Everybody around you might be able to see it. You might find yourself engaged in activities you hadn't done before, and you don't see it because you're in the middle of it. And my, my main caution for people starting on any kind of medication, and this is so important, Robert, is make sure your family is also in tune with what kind of side effects can happen and to call you in or to call your doctor as soon as they see any kind of alter personality, including obsessive or compulsive behaviors. Uh, that could be anything related to inter Internet use, uh, hypersexuality, and I say that because doctors don't talk about that. Sorry, they just don't. They don't ask patients, and patients don't say it. Uh, they talk about gambling, so that's an easy thing, and over shopping, but they don't talk about the other thing, the one that starts with an S. So I'm saying I think it's really important, especially if you have access to the Internet, that you make sure your family is on board. Um, I think that's the most important thing I can say about that. Kathy, you have done ad advocacy work in Washington, D.C. for the Parkinson's Action Network. Tell us all about that. Uh, well, the Parkinson's Action Network is the, is the political arm of the um, American with Parkinson's Disability um, Organization, and they are headed by a couple of lawyers who are very in tune with policy and laws and legislation related to funding and related to government spending for um, people with Parkinson's related to sciences. Most of the science that's being done these days is funded through NIH grants, uh, National Institutes of Health grants. And unfortunately, as, as time goes on, um, more and more of that funding is being diverted to other areas, and it's not a particularly popular place right now uh, to fund. But it's my personal opinion that we need to continue the basic sciences because I think that's where things such as cures and continued treatment options for Parkinson's patients as well as people with other neuropathic neurogenic disorders such as multiple sclerosis and Alzheimer's and even diabetes at this point. They're thinking they're related to some biochemical functioning that happens. And and, and when cellular, at the cellular level, um, basic problems with cells not dividing and mutating, not folding correctly. So it has to do with some cellular level changes that we're seeing more and more of. And I don't know if you know, Robert, but um, there are more and more younger people that are being diagnosed with Parkinson's all the time. It's not just an old person's disease. You'll see it in people who are in their 30s and 40s now. Like me, I was in the middle of full stride, 45. I was playing soccer three times a week. I was coaching. I was working full time. I was a mom. I was a wife, and it hit me. And it's happening less younger and younger because of, I think, the way our environment is, is, is toxic right now. So it's a combination of, to me, genetics and toxins in the environment. And it's not just for old folks. 
It happens to lots of people, just like MS does. Kathy, you have a Facebook page, don't you? I do. Um, you can find me under the Facebook page, Kathy is Going to Washington, kind of a takeoff on the um, old uh, George, who is that? Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy Stewart page. And uh, you can find me on Facebook under that, Kathy is Going to Washington. I welcome all um, input. Check that page on a regular basis because I post as much as I can about Parkinson's chat room and other options for people to connect socially because I believe social social networks can be used in a very very effective way for people with Parkinson's. So I will continue to advocate for people to connect socially as well. And Facebook's a good resource. Can be used as a good resource. On behalf of the very large community of individuals who currently experience the symptoms of Parkinson's, I want to thank you for all of your advocacy work in Washington, D.C., on behalf of everyone who's looking for solutions. Well, thank you, Robert. It's my pleasure. And thank you so much, Kathy, for being on the show today. You're welcome. Thank you, and good luck, and God bless. Keep up to date with all the current research. Sign up to receive the free Parkinson's Recovery Newsletter. Simply go to the main website, parkinsonsrecovery.com, add your email address, and we'll put out the information that we're learning as we learn it from our research and radio show interviews and other interviews with experts in the field. I'm Robert Rogers. This is Parkinson's Recovery. And that's what's happening on the shores of the Puget Sound on this solstice day, December 21st of 2011, the shortest day of the year, where all the women are smart, all the women are, men are handsome, and all the children are truly loved. Know that by virtue of the fact that you're listening to this radio show today, that you are on the road to recovery. May your holidays be divine. We'll see you next year with the first show of the year talking about salsa and how you can learn to do salsa with a salsa DV that's made from an incredible musical dance company in the Netherlands. I look forward to connecting with you next year. Good day. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.